It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike, along with Joey Medora, we got you up until 7 o'clock today on the sports fan presented by JK Contracting. 6.06 on the clock on this fifth day of October and 58 degrees and partly sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. Joey, it was a good conclusion to the regular season of the OHSAA football, high school football. Uh, depending on which team you, you were in favor. I'm about to say, I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you were an Athens fan, it was a pretty rough one. But, again, you still get to have the postseason. You still have a chance coming up against Western Brown this Friday. Uh, so that should be an exciting game, I heard. Ah. Well, listen, you're in it, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, Athens is still able to play Wellston. We haven't heard any news or information about that. I know Trevor says that there's a couple things going on in the works, but we're not going to announce anything with, you know, Athens and Wellston until anything is solidified. Uh, I've always been saying on, on the station here that we should hopefully have that game, uh, you know, played because, you know, if Athens beats Wellston, then I believe NY and Wellston would be tied at the top for the TVC Ohio title. Uh, NY only has one TVC Ohio loss this year, and I think you know, NY has looked pretty good, and should that game have been played later on in the year, if that game was week, Five instead of week, what was it, two, three for, for Nelsonville, York, and Wellston? Week two. Week two. If it was week five instead of week two, I think NY and Wellston would have been a little bit closer, even though it was a 24-12 to 12 loss for Nelsonville, York. You play them when you when you got to play them. That's uh, exactly. a bit of a weird excuse to make up there. Um, well, even you play them when you play them. But, I, again, if I, I'm not making an excuse, all I'm saying in is... In a rematch. Yeah, in a like. rematch, should this game be played, I think it would have been a lot closer today than it was then. But Wellston did what they had to do. They won the game. You know, you got to tip your cap to them when they win. Uh, but with Athens and Wellston, hopefully that game gets made up and played. Uh, their next game, of course, is this Friday, 7 o'clock, as they take on Western Brown. That should be an interesting matchup, especially since Joey Moore will be out for that game. Wow. Uh, so it, it will be a, a tough one for the Bulldogs. But you're in it. You know, you're there. You're in the postseason. And anything can happen, right? No, not anything can happen. No, uh, there's going to be... You can win, you can lose, you can draw. Anything can happen. I mean, it's just it's so tough. I mean, even the Wellston matchup, it, it, it's just going to be so tough. It's their best player. I mean, he's the quarterback, he's a leader, was second year as a starter, the quarterback position. He's one of their best defenders as well, playing free safety. One of the, I believe Brad said one of the top two tacklers on the team. Yeah, he's a big part of what you do, and losing him is going to be rough, especially, I mean, they're playing against a Western Brown team that, <laughs> I mean, Troy said it on the... Uh, on the football front of a post-game show. They're playing a team that seems like they average 500 points a game. I mean, Western Brown scores and scores and scores in bunches. And at times, they've given up a lot of points as well. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation to be to be heading into. But, yeah, I mean, as you say, you know, you got to play the game. you got to show up. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, definitely, you know, I think Coach White's going to put together a game plan for these guys, at, and they're going to try to go out there and execute it. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a shootout. I, I think that I think there's gonna be a lot of points on the board for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, they got to figure something out. I mean, with your best offensive player out, you got to change things around. Maybe you, you know, go to the running game a little bit more than than you have all season long. The problem uh, is they haven't been able to run the ball. Right. But I mean, they ran a ball against Megs. Megs. Okay. 
They were starting to go in the right direction. But they, they ran for, they had, I believe, like 40 yards rushing when Joey Moore came out of the game, and they think they finished with nine once he left the game. He's a big part of the running game, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you never really anticipate your star player to be out of the game, you know, in a fashion like that, right? I mean, you really can't anticipate that you're going to have to change up your whole game plan uh, when, when your player goes down. It's a tough situation that Coach White and the Bulldogs were in, especially when, again, Joey Moore went out. But I don't, I don't know how that affects the run game all of a sudden. No, I did, yeah. Well, I mean, new, new quarterback. I mean, now you're going to anticipate a lot more run, which the other team would anticipate and stop, and that's what they did. And I mean, it was good coaching by Coach Rusty Richards. Uh, what was it, a 33 to six win, something like that on on Friday? I yes, forget what the final. Six. Yeah, 33 six. What uh, was the win for NY over Athens? And then, of course, it was a, a big blowout win for Trimble over uh, South Gallia. Uh, of course, they're the number one seed in, in Region 27. That game will be on October 16th. And, of course, you know, we'll have Trimble. Uh, we're looking to get NY on that Saturday, the 17th. And then, you know, postseason football is, is coming our way. And right around the corner, Ohio State football will be back on the airwaves in 970. Fortunately, uh, you know, Reds are out, but... You know, still got a lot more sports to broadcast. Don't here. fail to neglect, Connor. The Lancers from Federal Hawking got their second victory on Friday as well, the first time they've won multiple games in a season since 2014. So a uh, right. big milestone there. Of course, it was a it was a mighty losing streak for a while there for, for the Lancers, and they pick up a victory last year. And, you know, the season had to be cut short, unfortunately. But the comeback this year, double the win total from last year. They pick up two. And, uh, of course, I believe they're still playing a couple games here Uh you know, during, because obviously teams can play up until week 10, I believe it is. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see some of those matchups. Like, I know Alexander plays Belpre. That's a interesting game of two teams. Uh, both aren't going to the playoffs, right? They both opted out. Yeah, uh, Belpre, I believe, opted out. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's the opening week for the playoffs. I mean, if you opted out, Alexander, I know, opted out. Belpre, because they're playing, um, Alexander obviously opted out. Um Megs is in. They've got Oak Hill next week. Or they, I guess it's this week now. Uh, but Megs has Oak Hill, Athens and Western Brown, uh, Trimble and NY both with buys. Trimble the number one seed in Region 27, and then NY with a six seed in Region 23. Uh, who else am I missing here? Fedok op- opted out. Um, a lot of teams in the TVC Hawking opted out. River Valley opted out. Um, so you got a couple teams that are not participating in the postseason. But, I mean, in Athens County here, you know, two opted out, three are in. Athens, NY, Trimble are in. Alexander and Federal Hawking are out. So it's a uh, we still got a lot of meaningful football coming our way. Yeah, include two buys for Trimble and Nelsonville, York. So, you know, and I think both of them could be prone to make some, some pretty good runs here. Uh, Trimble, of course, being the top seed, anticipating them to uh, – Make a go at it, as they usually are, back down in Division 7, so that's good. And I'd see you got to pull it up there that they're still third in Division 7 yep. in the state. So, you know, that's encouraging as well. Other hockey teams, I mean, you got to look at the Waterfords and the Easterns. The two still good teams. I mean, they lost. They have some, of course, both of them have a couple losses this season. But Waterford, I mean, there's three losses to Fort Fry, a powerhouse, Trimble, and Eastern. Eastern's two losses are to Trimble and Caldwell. And that's a team that Eastern could end up seeing here. Uh, in the second round of the postseason if they're able to advance. So those are a couple teams down there. Lower seeds, 
I mean, Waterford gets Miller. I mean, that's kind of a break, right, for being such a low seed for Waterford. Uh, you would assume they would roll in that game. And then uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough for uh, them past that. But th- there are teams that could creep up on you and maybe steal a victory as uh, a couple of the lower seeds in Region 27. Oh, yeah. I mean, we take a look at the bracket, Region 27. Trimble will either have Monroe Central, the 16 seed, or Strasburg Franklin, the 17 seed. Uh, looking down, we got uh, Newark Catholics, the five seed. Howard East Knox is the two seed there. Shady Side, the seven. Um, you know, Caldwell, and there's the uh, the ones you were talking about, Eastern and Sakotaville, uh, you know, the 11 and 22. Uh, Eastern with Caldwell, I think that's going to be a good game. I mean, the way that Eastern has been playing over the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's a rematch of week one. Obviously, Caldwell got the best of them by a couple scores in that game, but, uh, you know. I would say Eastern's a diff- definitely a different team than they are now than they were in week one. Well, anytime you lose to the one seed in the entire region by three points, you're a good team, right? Uh, obviously, Eastern can hang in there with the best in this region. And, um, you know, sometimes week one's a little funky because you, you're, pu- you're preparing for that team all of, you know, summer practice. You're preparing for your week one opponent, right? Uh, that's literally what your entire summer practice is based on. So sometimes you can come out after you watch the team that long and you just know everything they're going to do and you just come out and dominate. I mean, it happens on all levels. You know, we see in the NFL, sometimes teams that we anticipate to play pretty bad that season, uh, they come out and they look, oh, all right, week one, it's a close game against a team that we thought we were going to blow them out just because, you know, you've been preparing for them for three or four weeks. So you, you know I'm like the back of your hand at that point. But now later on in the season, Eastern will have, you know, They'll have adjustments to make from that game. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good matchup if Eastern's able to, we would assume, get past Scioteville in uh, the, this, uh, this Friday or Saturday. What do they play, Friday or Saturday? Uh, Waterford Eastern? Or which, uh, which region are you talking about? E- e- yeah, Eastern. Who are we just talking about? Yeah, the uh, Friday. Yeah, Division 7 plays on Friday. I think it is 1, 2, and 3 on Friday, 4, 5, 6 on Saturday. And then seven is on Friday as well. Gotcha. So out of the seven divisions, you got uh, top three and then seven on Fridays and then the uh, middle four, five, six on Saturdays. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you get ready. Looks like it's all a 7 o'clock start. And the important thing here is that you know Eastern has a home game. You know, they, they're home against uh, Sokotoville. Uh, then they have to travel to Caldwell. So that would be a little bit. But still, you know, Waterford gets a home game in the playoffs. Trimble will have a home seed. And they will be home all the way up until, what is that, the regional semifinals here? Because Yeah, yeah it's a lot, very different this year. Uh, yeah. so that, I mean, that's we're talking about it. And the advantage of all advantage and just to think how much impo- more important getting the number one, it's like the NFL now, right? You I mean, you're going all the way till you know, not quite the Super Bowl, you're going to the, but you're going all the way to the regional championship on your home field. You know, no matter what. So, that yeah, that turns out being big for Trimble. Big for Trimble and big. Uh, Nelsonville, York also has a little bit of a home stretch here for them, too, as long as they keep on winning. Because uh, you know, Nelsonville, York, the sixth seed, if they continue through, they've either got Sims Valley or Southeastern. Uh, whoever wins that, it's an 11 and 22 seed there. Yeah, uh, I mean, they would need an upset to have a. To have right. a either Rock Hill or Crooksville would have to upset Fairland. Fairland's well. a fairly good team. Uh, but then, you know, if Fairland gets upset, then you could be looking at another home home game here. But they've gotten at least one in the opening um, opening round for for them. I mean, second round of the postseason. But it is still uh, it's nice to see in this weird little postseason here that everybody opts in. You know, that if you're the higher seed, you get to have a little bit of a home matchup. You get another home game, 
and you don't just get restricted to you know the six games during the regular season. You you get to enjoy your home home field for a little bit longer. But excited to see the postseason come along. Uh, of course, a couple games that are not going to be a part of the uh, regular season, uh, not not a part of the postseason again. Belpre and Alexander will have a game next week. We're still waiting on. I think Alexander also might have a game against South Gallia, uh, but that game has not been confirmed yet. It was a potential date that was set at the beginning of the season that was going to be on the 23rd of October, but we they still have to confirm that one before anything happens there. Um, you know, and then you, you really get to play up until you know, if if you still feel like playing football after you're out of the postseason. Well, then you still can do that. You know, it. it, it Allows for a lot of flexibility uh, if you're in or you're out. Yeah, it's a nice option to uh, give the teams the opportunity to continue to play. Because, you know, I mean, we heard Coach White say, I don't know why you would opt out of the postseason. And to, a, to an extent, I do get his point as a competitor. Um, but also, you know, there's some of these teams where, you know, you're just going to go into a playoff game and get absolutely stomped. So, you know, I think it might be better. Like a young program like Alexander, you're going to get more at a game blown out in a playoff game or you're going to get more playing a, a Belpre team that uh, you could probably play tough and hang in there and, uh, you know, get more experience for your team in a, in a tightly played ball game rather than just going and getting, you know, blown out in the postseason and then season over just like that. So for a young program like that, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea to decide to not play in the postseason and just get yourself a couple games in there and prepare your squad for next year. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we heard that it was, I, I guess, on the uh, score stream, Belpre had Newcomers Town listed on the list, but obviously that, does not uh well actually no that is okay so Belpre they've got a buy so it's a no contest and Belpre will play so that's what happened the newcomers town opted out no contest Belpre is in the postseason that's yeah that's what I thought you that's were, what you uh, were confusing me with the Alexander yeah. Belpre game there well because I you know if you're in it's the opening round but I forgot that newcomers town had a no contest they had COVID related stuff uh, and the 16th seed Belpre advances over newcomers town and they get to play. In the, uh, you know, they they get the award of for, playing uh, Fort Fry. Fort Fry, and that game will be on the seventeenth, the mm. Saturday. Uh, so Belpre has a tough one on Saturday, but they at least get another game in between there to prepare for the the Fort Fry game. Right. Yeah. So that that's what happened there. Uh, yeah, that, that's interesting approach. I mean, you know, you're not really going to anticipate Belpre beating Fort Fry anyway, but it's interesting that they decide to play another game. I mean, I guess the risk of injury you could think about could be there, but also at the same time, I guess it could be sort of a sort of a tune-up type thing. Uh, that's an interesting decision. Uh, interesting decision. Wow, that one struggled to come out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it both ways, kinda. I mean, it's good because uh, you know, you if you weren't a game, especially if you weren't anticipating having a buy, and then all of a sudden you did, you know, it's probably good to find a team to throw in there to play and you know try to gain some momentum going into. Uh, to battle the beast in Fort Fry there. Right. I mean, you get another week, right? You get another game, and you get another way to, I don't want to call it a meaningless game, uh, but it is a, a game where you can you know, try different things. You know, win-loss does not matter between Belpre and Alexander. If Belpre wants to run all their trick plays and try to figure out something to get an edge over Fort Fry, they can test it out against Alexander, who has, by the way, a pretty good defense. I mean, that defense stepped up big against Megs. A lot of interceptions, turnovers. Four, four turnovers went the way of the Spartans uh, this past weekend. So Alexander has a pretty good defense. And for Belpre, 
you know, why not try out everything that they have on offense? Try to get something cooking. You know, use that as a, as a tune-up as they get ready for, you know, Fort Fry. Because, you know, at this point, why not? They get to use it and just practice every single thing in their book. Uh, they can even go down the plays, run whatever on, on specific drives, and just see in what situation, what works best. But I, I, I can see both sides to it. You also don't want to risk injury in a, in a game. Uh, you know, you could practice, but it's, it's whatever they want to do. And for right now, that's, uh, that is their plan to uh, have that Alexander game coming up next week. Um, but take a look at the standings. TVC Ohio, Wellston again at the top. Nelsonville, York in second with a chance to tie it. Uh, even though they lost head-to-head, you know, they'd still be tied at uh, four and one if Wellston loses to Athens. Uh, but that game still does have to be made up. Athens is at two and three, two and two in the TVC Ohio. And as you know, you and Troy were talking about on the Hugh White Honda of Athens and Lancaster Football Friday Night Postgame Show on Friday, you know, it was a uh, it's been a long time since a non-Athens County team had won the TVC Ohio. Very long um, time. Very long time. What what did you say? Like two thousand three? Or something like that, or even longer. Eighteen years, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Troy had the Troy's the one who had the uh, the stat there. But yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. And of course, you know, Athens County does win the TVC Hawking, Trimble at the top, six and zero, Eastern at four and one, uh, four and two in the regular season, four and one in the TVC Hawking. Uh Waterford, three and three, uh, three and two, but I mean that's a deceiving record. You know, they played a lot of a lot of good teams this year for the Wildcats, Fort Fry, uh, you know, Eastern and Trimble, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of experience, and they go and uh, see what they can do. I mean, they still have a potential game scheduled against Caldwell, depending on how far uh, Caldwell goes in the postseason. Uh, that was scheduled for the 23rd, but wait and see. And, and really, uh, any one of those teams, Trimble, Eastern, or Waterford, can make some noise, especially uh, you know, NY or even Athens. So they can do. So, so if Athens and Nelsonville York don't end, or Athens and Wilson, excuse me, don't end up playing, what are they going to? Is it just going to be left up to? it be no Nelson. champ that year, or are they just going to say, yeah, you know, Wellston beat NY. They have their don't have any wins. I see both sides of it. I see both sides of it. I mean, if if Joey was still playing, I give Athens any kind of shot to beat Wellston. I mean, I think there was some anticip- I mean, I think we were anticipating a good game that week. That was uh, that game was supposed to happen. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I see the argument of we beat them head-to-head and we don't have a loss in conference, but they also played one less conference game. So that's uh, it's a tough one to read there. Right, because last year, Wellston beat Nelsonville York, but then Nelsonville York beat Athens, who beat Wellston, which allowed for the two at the top. Even though Wellston had the win over NY. Well, Wellston also lost to Vinton County. That's and they why lost they to Vinton also County. also didn't have a share. Because it would have been a three-way tie had, yeah. had they beaten Vinton County. So even though that they have the head-to-head stuff going, uh, it was no, it was an impossible way. But instead of a three-headed horse here, or even since it went down to two, even though that uh, NY beat Athens, it, it would be a tie at the top. To keep it simple, keep it like last year, it'd be a tie at the top between Wellston and NY. Uh, if Athens beats Wellston in a rematch, that may or may not happen. If it does not happen, Wellston just gets the outright title. And I believe that if if they don't have that game, and if Wellston, you know, right now they're 4-0. I mean, they are at the top. They play one less game, but I, I think they win the title. 
I mean, uh, and they won, should that game not they be won made every up? conference game they played by multiple scores, too. So, I mean, it's... Right. So, Wellston deserves the title. Uh, they at least have a share of the title. And if that game gets made up, then, you know, we see if NY also gets a share of it as well. But until that happens, Wellston's a TVC Ohio champion at this point. Anyway, we'll take a little bit of a break right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, Bengals win their first game of the season. They are 1-2-1. and one. And a nice performance again three weeks in a row where Joe Burrow has thrown for 300 yards or more. Uh, we'll break it down when we return. It's a Sports Fan presented by Jane K. Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is Ken Ryan. I'm running for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly, and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than 1,000 cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for judge. We are six weeks down to the high school football season, and that brings a regular season to a close. But with area teams still involved in the postseason, we are not going anywhere. It's the UN Honda of Athens and Lancaster Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Give us a call after the Athens County Game of the Week at 740-592-1055 or toll-free at 1-888-592-1055. It's the UN Honda of Athens and Lancaster Football Friday Night Postgame Show on Power 105. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's a Sports Fan right here on the 97s at WATH, 970 AM, 97.1 FM. Mills the mic along with Joe Medor. Up till 7 o'clock today, then CBS News comes your way. No Reds. Reds are out of the postseason. Normally a lot of the sports fans either cut short or... Uh, non-existent when the Cincinnati Reds are playing, and they were playing some good baseball up until the end. 21 innings, scoreless for Cincinnati. But I, I can say that now that Troy's not in the studio, uh, he'd be very upset, or even Reds fans would be upset uh, to, to hear that stat. And uh, you know, the, the Reds, again, I, they made the postseason. you got to tip your cap to them. They did better than you know, teams that did not make it. Now, it was an extended postseason, sure, uh, but you still made it. You're still in the dance, and you uh, picked them to win the division. I well, yeah. At the beginning <laughs> of the year, it, it was a disappointing season overall <laughs> for the Reds, but they still made it. They pulled off. I won't call it improbable because again, it was an extended postseason. It was not improbable for them to make it. Rather, in fact, you know the stats helped them to make it. Uh, but the the lone professional team that's still going and still aired right here, Cincinnati Bengals. One, two, and one. They're now one and one at home. They beat the Jaguars by a score of 33 to 25. I think the biggest takeaway from the ball game was that Joe Burrow was not sacked. He was able to stay upright all game long, and the offensive line finally did their job, protected their franchise quarterback, 
and allowed him to sit back, relax, and throw for 300 yards, throw a touchdown. He should have had more touchdowns, by the way. I don't know if you saw the game on TV or not, but you know the, the Jaguars ripped away a touchdown from, from the tight end. Uh, you know, a couple, a touchdown to Mixon or whoever it was that was called back, and then he had to kick a field goal earlier on in the game. You know, there, there were a couple touchdown opportunities that either penalties negated or the defense made a better play than uh, than the intended receiver. Regardless, you know, they come away with the win here and they head into next week with a big game against the Baltimore Ravens, which the stats do not favor the Bengals <laughs> over the Ravens, uh, but still. You know, a good game from Joe Burrow yet again. Yeah, before we look towards next week, I mean, talk about this game here. Uh, as you mentioned, the O-line played a lot better. Uh, no sacks, uh, that, and that reflected in Joe's uh, yard per attempt because, you know, it was pretty much around five, five to six in the first few weeks. And then uh, this week you saw him be able to kind of sit back there and make some, you know, deeper throws down the field. He spread the ball out well. A lot of guys had catches in this one. Uh, another bad day for A.J. Green, so, I mean, Starting yeah, to become a bit of a trend after four weeks of really him not being there. But you're getting Boyd involved still. T. Higgins has been a, a bigger uh, bigger uh, aspect of the offense the past couple weeks. Two touchdowns last week, added four more catches this week. And, you know, the defense, there's still major holes. Um, <laughs> Minshew threw for 350. I mean, Robinson rushed for 75 yards, and that's only because they had to stop running the ball. Uh Chark had a pretty good game on the other side. But, yeah, the big thing is, one, getting Joe Mixon involved. You know, he had 100, what did he go for, 120, uh, around, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Mixon Went for 151 was, yards. Yeah. Caught a, ran for a couple of touchdowns. He caught that other one where he made a nice hurdle into the end zone. And that, that was the thing, too. They got him involved in the passing game, which uh, kind of been non-existent the past couple weeks. Uh, really getting Mixon involved there, but they were. And, uh, well, the, the rushing lanes were... We're wide open. I mean, it's a bad Jaguars team, right? I mean, I know the first couple weeks could have been a little deceiving, but let's not forget they released every good football player they had before before the, yeah, the season started. Just goes to show you how bad the Eagles were. And who'd the Eagles beat this past weekend? Because they beat somebody, didn't they? The 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers. Where did, where did the Eagles come into play there? Well, because that's the Jacksonville-only win. That's what that's their lone win of the, the season. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Colts. They beat the Colts? I thought it was the Eagles. No. Oh, never mind then. I retract that statement. Go, go. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be over here. You continue. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, yeah. So the, you're seeing the glimpses of how good the offense can be. They got a young core there with Burrow. Mixon's still young. Uh, T. Higgins, obviously young. Tyler Boyd, not, not an old guy. They're getting Auden Tate with a couple catches as well. You know, they got young pieces. We predicted the offense could be competent at times this season. Um, the defense, there's still some holes there. You know, Minshew threw for 350. Uh, it's good to get that monkey off the back. You know, everybody can breathe a little bit now. You get the first victory under the uh, the new quarterback. It's a game they were supposed to win. They were favored. They were at home. They're the better, more talented team, I believe. And uh, they came out and they won the game uh, despite a slow start. You know, trailing early in the ball game, but able to battle back there. Had a big third quarter where they went 17 to nothing there, and that's all they really ended up needing to to go on to win win the game. So good overall performance. Still a lot to improve. Uh, and they have a brutal stretch of games coming up here, so it's good for them to get the win now. Yeah, they, and they had missed opportunities earlier on in the year. I mean, the Eagles' loss hurts. Tie. Right? Because, uh, well, yeah, tie. I, I still feel like it's a loss because uh, you didn't win, but it's a tie. Somehow you got a tie. But, you know, Bengals won 2-1. and one. They had an opportunity to beat the Chargers in week one. Uh, they let that slip away. They, they had an opportunity. Uh, it was a 
again, Browns were the better team in week two. Uh, but on, on paper, that was a closer game. 30, what was it, 35 to 30. Uh, and, and the way that you saw them beat the Cowboys this week, I mean, the, the Browns look like a, a competent football team, which is a lot to say from where they were in the past couple of years. But the Browns are a team that can go the past out there. couple. The past two decades. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> past couple of years? They haven't been good since we've been alive. Well, even before then, right? I mean, the, the team just, in at least in Cleveland, came back in, what, 99? Yeah, that sounds right. 99, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a team that has been in disarray for at least all of our lifetimes. I mean, I, I was born a year before that they were back in Cleveland. Uh, but still, you know, the Browns look good. But the Bengals, you know, I, I think that's going to be even a closer game next time the two teams face, especially if you know, they are able to you know, contain Miles Garrett, who is the only guy on defense that really stood out. I mean, the way that Dak Prescott was able to tear up that defense through the air, Prescott's a good quarterback, uh, but you know that that Browns defense needs some work to uh, to really beat some good teams, uh, and and it got exposed against Lamar Jackson in what was that week one yeah. between yeah thirty eight to six yeah so I mean the the, the Ravens have a good defense uh, they have a good offense and yeah the, the Browns got exposed with a team like that but I, they're going to be an above five hundred team this year uh, it's more to say than than the Bengals I think the Bengals have a rough stretch. Who knows? You know, a lot of lot of things can happen between now and then. But you gotta—they're not favored. Uh, but still, they got that first win. They beat Jacksonville. That's a win that they needed to get. That's the first career win in the NFL for Joe Burrow. You gotta beat teams you're supposed to beat, and the Jaguars are a team they were supposed to beat. And it's a one-score win too, which has always been the knock on Zach Taylor. You know, that in the one-score game, you know, Taylor was over for his uh, you know, coaching career with with Cincinnati. So at least he gets that win now. Uh, I don't think it should have been that close. I think that the you know, Bengals were head and toes above, you know, Jacksonville. But still, you got the close win. You got the 35 to 20, uh, 33 to 25 win over Jacksonville, and you were a more balanced offense this week than you have been in the past. And that's because the offensive line actually did their job. They opened up a running lane for Mixon to have some opportunities. They had you know Burrow upright for all the game. I mean, 300 yards passing, that's exactly what you need from your quarterback. You know, it's – and and the touchdown, which a couple more touchdowns would have been nice. Uh, but, I mean, again, they were negated by whatever. But still, mixing for 151 yards on 25 carries, averaging six yards per carry, two touchdown runs, one touchdown catch uh, from Burrow. They were a better team this week, and you got to like the way that they were trending. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. What you just—you're going to learn a lot about this offense. I know we've been giving it praise. They've been uh, obviously the driving force of anything positive going on in Cincinnati right now. You're going to play two really good defenses these next couple weeks in Baltimore, followed by Indianapolis. Yes, Indianapolis—they've left the fewest points in the NFL. You might not know that because they don't get talked about much, but they got a good defense over there. Uh, and Baltimore next week—I mean, I've heard people saying the Baltimore win yesterday wasn't that. Uh, encouraging or something like that they scored 31 points so if they scored 31 points when you think they didn't look that good i think they're a pretty good team uh you know so that that's gonna be a tough one it's on the road i mean obviously no fans in baltimore but it's still gonna be you know the ravens don't lose very much in that stadium right on the road ravens away again colts then you got another crack at the browns titans who i mean we didn't see the titans this week because of covid protocols and and the such three and um, 
They're 3-0. Yeah, they're 3-0. Titans are a good football team uh, yet again this year. Uh, Steelers, and then finally the game that made... You got a nice little... I don't want to call it a cushion because these are NFL teams, right? I mean, Jacksonville, you beat an NFL team out there. These are NFL players. They're still a a good quality win. Uh, But then after the Steelers, you get Washington, the winless Giants, and uh, the Dolphins, which that could be you know a nice little winning streak there i think cincinnati's a better team out of the three i'd say that they should win at least two out of the three games maybe the dolphins show something i don't think two is going to play at all this year uh but if he does play it's got to be somewhere around in december which that would be the first december game uh so maybe you see a two a borough matchup maybe i'm not going to hold my breath on it uh but then it gets tough again to end the season Maybe you win against the Texans, who just fired their head coach. You see that earlier today? Yep. Um, but, I mean, how do you expect the Texans to do anything this year when you traded away a bunch of your star players? One. They trade away one. Yeah, but, I mean, he made your offense go. <laughs> well, a punch in one is not the same. But, yeah, absolutely. It was a weird move. I mean, Bill O'Brien, I, I think he's a good coach. But he's not a good GM, and he was the coach and the GM. Um, he's got to focus on one or the other. No, he's just not a GM. He's a good coach. Well, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't so, need to focus on one or the other. He just doesn't need to be a GM. Yeah, but how can I wouldn't you be surpri- your... I wouldn't be surprised if someday Bill O'Brien has some other head coaching job, but he can't be the coach. He's just a, he was a terrible GM. That's just what it came down to. Yeah, I mean, what, what happened? I mean, did DeAndre Hopkins just say something bad to him that he decided to trade him away? I don't know. Um, regardless, it, it, the Texans are uh, in disarray right now, and that could be a potential win for them, but... Then you got the Ravens to end the season. I see potentially one, two, three, four more wins in this season. That put them at five and five and ten and one. Ten, it's one tie, one. buddy. The yeah. math ain't that hard. Uh, you know, I'm not a math major here, but yeah, five, ten, and one. They play sixteen games. Right. Uh, there are a couple more wins, but it is a brutal stretch that they enter in here. Maybe that that Browns game. But either way, do you give them any kind of shot this this next Sunday? This next Sunday, yeah. Ten ten percent, <laughs> I'll put it. I'd say ninety ninety percent in favor of the Ravens. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, you're playing the game until you're down by fifty with under a minute left. You know, you're still in it. And that feels weird. I mean, it's been a weird twenty twenty. I mean, how many? Now I'm going down to college, but how many college top 20 teams have been knocked off? It's just been a weird year for sports and, and for everybody. So I, I'm, I wouldn't say that there's a 0% chance that they win this game. I'm just saying that it is a very, very tough schedule coming up for Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, it is. As I said, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna see two of the top five defenses in the uh, in the NFL coming up here the next couple of weeks, and of course you're gonna have a similar situation with that Cleveland game where if you can't stop the run, it's not going to matter. They're going to score 40. Even if you score 30, it ain't going to be enough. So, yeah, it's just, again, it's encouraging to get a first career victory for Burrow. They they did what they had to do. They beat an inferior team. But, again, you know, the defense was still less than stellar yesterday. You know, they didn't right. show any signs of improvement on that side of the ball, really. Again, it seems like whenever any team enters into their two-minute drill, the defense is like, all right, we're going to go blow a coverage on this side of the field and hope Minshew doesn't find him. Well, he found him. You know, it, it, it's been the storyline for the Bengals' defense all year long where once the you know, quarter or once the half has come to a close, uh, 
there's going to be a, a close score. You know, or if it, maybe it's a field goal, maybe it's a touchdown, what have you. They've been giving up a lot of points when it's under a minute, under two minutes to go before the quarter comes to a close, and that's not ideal. Yeah, another thing in the Ravens matchup, the Ravens bring the house. They blitz more than any other team in the NFL. And the, the Bengals, despite this past week, have struggled to, you know, stop four down linemen on, you know, on pass. So, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure in Burrow's face. He's going to have to try to get rid of the ball quickly a lot more like the last, uh, like the first few weeks of the season. There's not going to be chances to make those big plays down the field because there's going to be guys in his face all day. I don't think Mixon will be able to pop off as much. You know, the Ravens have a pretty stout run defense with all those big guys they got in the middle there. And Patrick Queen, at linebacker, of course, if you follow Burrow and LSU last year, you know the name Patrick Queen. So, there's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just a tough matchup, really. At, and you know, it's just just it just comes down to talent at that point. It just seems like the Ravens are just so much more talented, right? And again, I mean, two two more things with the Bengals right here, right? Number one, or maybe three. Number one, I mean, they they did better against the rush. They allowed the other team, uh, they allowed Jacksonville under 100 yards rushing total on the 89, which is a positive. I saw Zach Taylor gave out a lot of game balls. One went. Uh, I mean, I, I took a look at how many game balls he gave out. How m- All right, just out of curiosity, right? Because hmm. I, I, my limited, I didn't play football in high school. I had reconstructed knee surgery, so I don't know what goes on in, the, in a high school football locker room. But how many game balls are given out? We didn't really do game balls. So, all right, so you had really minimal think. minimal game. How many, like, did you have anything to recognize somebody who had a star game? No, nah, not really. There's just like you know, the awards, like, after the season and stuff. But, nah, my high school didn't really do that. So, yeah, I mean, after the season total review but you're not giving it out to like the whole no. the so, nfl is big on game balls though yeah all right so but my question is how many game balls i, I want to know who didn't get a game ball <laughs> i guess poor randy bullock didn't get a game ball for for the cincinnati because he gave a game ball to the defense for holding like the entire defense he didn't even single out anybody zach taylor said all right defense for holding the opposing team to under 100 yards that's a standard you get a game ball now you gave a game ball to the offensive line. They gave a game ball to Joe for the first win and you know, passing for 300 yards for three consecutive weeks, which hasn't been done by a rookie in the NFL. So, I mean, that's historic, so that's pretty good for Joe, right? He, he gave a game ball to him, and he gave a game ball to Mixon. So now all you're missing are the wide receivers. And did I mention the offensive line? Yeah. Yeah, so offensive line, the entire defense, your quarterback and your running back all got a game ball this past Sunday. Man, how many game balls do you have? Well, they probably, like, usually when they give them to, like, a side of the ball, they just give out one, and, like, the coordinator accepts it for them or something like that. Uh, I didn't see whatever video you're talking about. I highly doubt. Him, him um, in the locker room. There's 15 game balls getting hanged, handed out to the, to the starting <laughs> defense, but. Right. I, I was just surprised because that's a lot of people that you're recognizing. Now, you could always go out there and the recognize. The whole team. Give the whole yeah. team one. You won. Yeah. Whole team. Celebrate. At that point, right, now you're just missing out. All right, A.J. Green, I mean, you were targeted five times but dropped the ball four or didn't catch the ball four times or maybe the ball was thrown out of range, whatever. Uh, But you had, you know, Green was left out. Your entire wide receiver core, except for Mixon, because he caught six receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Now you're just leaving people out. Now you got bad feelings. Hmm. I don't know. A lot of... You gave a lot of uh, trophies out. You gave a lot of game balls out to a lot of people, which is fine. You know, you won the game. That's great. But why don't you just go buy him a steak dinner or something later that night to, to show your can't, appreciation COVID. for him? Well, you can't get it ordered? 
I mean, that's a hassle. Who wants to order that many steaks for? I don't know. It's a lot. That's be a lot of steak to order if you're ordering for an entire football team. Well, listen, guys, I, mean, I think the linemen are probably getting two a piece. That's a lot of money. I mean, Zach Taylor, <laughs> he's. We're talking about a professional football team here. Why don't you just give everybody steak dinner? I, at that point, a lot of money. And I mean, I think Joe would appreciate you know a steak dinner rather than he, he said the game ball was going back into the equipment bag. That's what he said he was going to do with his game ball. Ah. Wow, that's tough. Right? I'm right. Listen, I mean, up your Zach Taylor. I don't want your game ball. <laughs> We're putting it back in the bag. I'm throwing it out there. He's out there right now throwing that ball around. Well, I, again, it, it's the sentiment that matters. Right. You know, I, I, I get the you know, symbolism of it, and I, I think that Joe got the symbolism of it. You know, He appreciated getting the game ball, but it's either the mindset that said, all right, you know, it's nice to have the game ball here, but it's a win. We still have a losing record. And you know they haven't you won a game. They haven't really won anything yet. Um, I, I think he'll keep the game ball once he wins a division or wins something else of more significance. That's what I think that Joe's going to save a game ball for. First win. All right, he got a win. A lot of other quarterbacks have a win in the NFL, including Nick Foles. Including uh, what was the guy for the Broncos Thursday night? Brett uh, Rip Ripen is that his name? Rip Ripian. Whatever his name Whatever is. Was. He's got a win. Bet you he kept his game ball. Well, probably. I mean, he wasn't a first overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably he, had he was too much more coming for, for Bready Boy over there in Denver. It was a guy who was happy to win that night. Joe's got, he, he's got that hunger. You know, he, he wants to win more than just that. Uh, we'll step aside. We got another break coming our way right here on the Sports Fan. On the other side, we got some more stuff to talk about. You know, Bobcats are coming back. OSU's coming back. Big, uh, big weekend in, in college sports. But we'll talk about it. It's a sports fan. And, of course, your calls at 740-592-6646. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's a sports fan presented by Jane K. Contracting at 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Where do you plan on watching the Athens legend and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow and the Bengals play? Why not come to Brony's Bar and Grill, located at the corner of Court Street and Carpenter Street in Athens? We have 13 TVs, a great food selection, including the best wings in Athens, cold drinks, awesome daily specials, and a nice patio with a cool breeze. Catch Joe and the Bengals at Brony's Bar and Grill. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. 
There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. That's 800-323-0633. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Mills and Mike along with Joey Medor. And again, CBS News comes your way at the top of the hour of each hour. I think it's the CBS News World Roundup coming up next. Uh, but still, you know, we got college sports still left to talk about. And, of course, if you got anything... Send it our way at 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Phone lines are always open right here on the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. I got this information earlier today, about a couple minutes before we went on the air, uh, but some breaking news from Trevor Stevens. I don't know if I can still call it breaking because I, I waited on it to uh, per put Trevor, it out there. Per Trevor Stevens. Uh, but he says, breaking the Kermit Blosser Ohio Athletics Hall of Fame, honoring outstanding athletes, coaches, staff members, and administrators who have, been, uh, who have brought recognition to Ohio University through their significant athletic achievements. The 2020 inductees are Jeffrey Carlston, uh, Donnell D.J. Cooper, who graduated in 2015, and Jennifer Scholl, uh, who graduated Ohio University in 1993. Um, but the phone lines open up now, and caller, you are on the sports fan. Oh, good. Uh, I have a, a crusade, and that is now that Joe Burrow is playing for the Cincinnati Tigers, I'd like them to be referred to as the Bengal Tigers. The Bengal some Tigers. People call, some people call them the Bengals. Some people call them the Bengals. But it's re- really Bengal, B-E-N-G-L-E. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There is. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, but the Bengal. Bengal. Am I saying that? Bengals, right? Yeah. The East Coast thing is to say the Bengals, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I got to... Bengal. Every, every single time, I mean, you got to point it out to me because for some reason I just slip into bang, but it should be Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people I know back home say Bengals, but yeah. It yeah. is B E N. It is true. I mean, Bengals. it is B E N. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. Um, but it's a fair critique. You know, it's a, uh, yeah, I agree. 
It's a, a crusade that happened just like how in the Mid-American Conference, some people say, you know, the MAC Conference. I mean, yeah, that's a terrible one. Yeah, uh, it's because it, it, you're saying the conference twice. Yeah, you know, it's it's the it's Mid-American the Conference conference it's in the name. Right, it's literally in the name. Do you say the ACC conference? No. You say the ACC. That's the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Right. But Bengals, I got to remember that. Yeah, we got to get you a cue card or something. Just hang it, hold it up every time we start talking about. Yeah, just hang it up right here in the studio every time I start talking about Cincinnati. Yeah. That's why sometimes I go and just say Cincinnati. You know, I talk about, not like the Washington football team, but, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati football Cincinnati football team. club. There yeah. we go. That'll be... <laughs> I mean, that would be... Cincinnati Actually, has a soccer club, they have, don't they? They're FCC, though. They're football club Cincinnati. Ah. FC Cincinnati. Gotcha. Hey, every, every time, like, uh, I was... For some reason, I was awake at 3 in the morning, and CBS News, I was listening like to recently? the station. No, not, this, was a, this was a while ago. <laughs> this was when the, the Mid-American Conference first uh, canceled their fall sports. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, I heard, what was it, Tom Fody or whoever's on for CBS News, he said the Mid-Atlantic Conference when he was referencing the Mid-American Conference. So, I mean, that's a whole separate issue anyway because you know, it's still the MAC, right? Mid-Atlantic, Mid-American. But, I mean, you have the wrong conference that canceled. And I know he said he was trying to reference the Mid-American Conference. Well, and also the, there is a MAC with two A's. That's the Mid-Atlantic uh, Mid Athletic Conference. Right. I mean, there are multiple, you know, if you just go with MAC, there are multiple MAC, you know, conferences out there. But there are, you know, there's only one Mid-American, there's one Mid-Atlantic. Um, you think CBS News would have this stuff, you know, fact-checked before. Right, and I was that guy. I, I, I direct messaged him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, you know, you, you got, like, listening to you, but, you know, you got to get this right. I mean, you're a national news source. You, you have to get it right with the Mid-American Conference. You know, if you're going to report on it, at least get it right. It's true. But, you know, it is a fair It's Bengals. And if I say it wrong, I mean, you either got to call in again and yell at me, or, uh, you know, Joey can yell at me, too, from sitting on my side over here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, sometimes I slip back into Bengals, too. But, yeah, it is the Bengals. My mom actually yells at me about that sometimes. Does she? Yeah. She's not even from, I mean, she's from... East Coast, too, so it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get a whole list of critiques from my mom. She'll, she'll sometimes listen in, and she'll be like, well, you use the word two in, in normal places. You said you know a whole lot. You're not reading sentences here on the radio. We're talking. We, we, this is not uh, structured. Right. Um, but it's a fair critique in that form, right? Because you don't want to catch yourself saying, you know, too much. You know, sometimes when, whenever uh, you know, we say, even you could call him, but yeah, I'll get the whole critique list, and then it'll be, you know, so on and so forth all the way through, and I'll be like, all right, I got it, mom. Thanks, appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for listening in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, yeah, Bengals. I got it. I will remember that. Um, but again, congratulations to the Ohio Bobcats who get into the current Blaster Hall of Fame. Jeffrey Carlston. Uh, Donnell, DJ Cooper, and then Jennifer Scholl, all uh, who are going to be inducted into the Ohio Bobcat uh, Kermit Blosser Hall of Fame. It, it's a pretty good Hall of I mean, it's got Mike Schmidt in there. It's got a couple of you know, wrestlers in there, which I'm always sentimental to the wrestlers. They put up the banners last year 
Uh, and we got another caller right here on the Sportsman. Caller, you are live. Hey, it's me again. Hey. You guys, have, you guys haven't quite got it yet. It's the difference between saying my Uncle Ben, ben. and my Uncle Bang. So Bengals. There you go. Bengals. <laughs> Perfect. See, I mean, and I appreciate right. it. I mean, I got to get it right somehow, right? Think of Uncle, think of Uncle Ben, and you got it. That's right. The Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It's every time I say it now, I'm going to think of you. <laughs> Good, as long as you say it right. <laughs> Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That perfect. Oh man, I'm relieved. <laughs> I well, appreciate the call. I mean, how, did you listen? Did you watch the game last week or oh, yesterday? Yeah. What did yeah, you think I had of? Had a hard uh, time watching it too because I tried to find it on the NFL Network that I had switched. I switched from Dish Network to DirecTV because Dish didn't have it at the time. Mm-hmm. Then I on DirecTV I went right to the NFL Network. It was blacked out. Yeah. Turns out it was available on Channel 13, but I. It was through the first quarter before I figured that out. I think. But no, I watched it, and I was really impressed. Yeah. I mean, he's looked pretty good through you know, the first couple of weeks, especially since he didn't have a, a preseason. He had no nothing in the beginning to really train him to get ready. But that's a testament to that's his coaches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for, you know, the third game in the NFL. Well, the first two were pretty good, too. Actually, he just didn't win them. Right. Well, we got to. We got to get off the air. A couple seconds. We got CBS News coming next, but appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Hey, and that's a sportsman right here on 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, we come your way next. 606 tomorrow. CBS News comes next. In our 70th year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH.